welcome to A Fistful of Truth. I am your host, Delara Essengill, and this is my podcast. You can find me on Anchor.fm as well as Spotify. And Apple Podcasts has approved A Fistful of Truth, but I need to upload episodes. So that platform will not have all the previous episodes. For a complete archive and library of A Fistful of Truth, please visit Anchor.fm. You will also find all of the episodes on Spotify and other platforms that I have listed here uh, on the uh, Anchor.fm podcast. You can also find it on Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. You can also find me on my blog at DelaraEstengill.blog, where there is a plethora of topics, including things like Cannibalgate, Pedogate, Baphomet Genetic Manipulation, and he's still your president. All sorts of things about the walking, shedding, jabbers, and please do your vaccine homework is the title of another article that you should read and pass along to others if at this point they haven't taken the death jab yet. So in the meantime, if you are a supporter of A Fistful of Truth, I want to extend my extreme gratitude to you as indeed this program is 100% listener supported. Without your support, A Fistful of Truth cannot be made possible. Every day I do this free and the information there is no charge for, including the block. If someone's charging you for information, they are not telling you the complete truth and nothing but. And that's why I urge you to walk with A Fistful of Truth. And if you can become a monthly supporter, the minimum uh, support is 99 cents a month for only a dollar a month or $5 or $10 a month, you too can support A Fistful of Truth and make this listener-supported broadcast possible. Also, uh, there is a way to donate through PayPal and Venmo. Those links are all located here in the podcast description. Today is the 25th of January, 2022, and I am losing my voice a little bit because I've been on interviews all day with some amazing people, including one of our most favorites, George Pittman, who's back and giving us home survival tips in a series called Surviving the Storm. Surviving the Storm. So this is part three. Last week, we had some internet and digital interruptions to our podcast. But this week, I believe it is uh, much clearer as the weather has cleared up on George's end. And hopefully, the censorship and technical difficulties have uh, those people that are doing that are just taking a little lunch break when I happen to be recording today. So you'll be hearing uh, the third part here of home survival. And at the end, I will uh, explain to you guys where you can locate the PDF that George has so gracefully prepared for you, myself. And I'm taking notes, trust me, while he's speaking, because there's a lot of stuff that I don't know and that I'm learning from George. So welcome back, George Pittman, to part three and our final episode of Home Survival. Welcome back, George. How are you this week? I'm doing good. Week than last week. I'm praying we get through this. And as you know, I'm standing in a very precarious, non-moving, head tilted to the side, 45 degrees. My left hand points north. My right hand points south. One foot is pointing east. I feel like the road. Uh, I'm, I'm sit- <laughs> yeah, and I'm sitting. I'm, I'm sitting where. I- I could, you know, throw a pencil and hit it. So but people don't get annoyed with this this time. But uh, yeah. last I, time, I, the I, last I, thing, uh, 
Oh, go ahead. No, it's okay. I just thank you for uh, thank you for getting through it. So last time oh, we no talked problem. about, go ahead. We that with power sources, but uh, because having connections and everything, uh, ways to cook, um, you know, heat up food and stuff like that in your house. And one of the things I, I neglected to mention was there's some really uh, ways like rocket stoves that already have in your house. Uh, and and there's, there's a lot of videos stoves uh, on, you know, different YouTube, Rumble, or whatever. I've made a couple of them. Uh, you can make them that, uh, the kind that you can burn, like, if you've got uh, to fallen, you know, tree limbs and stuff like that, you can break little branches up of a can and either that, but the, the purpose or the point, uh, or basically rocket stuff is, is it's, it's basically some type of can that it getting air in through the bottom and allowing it to come up. So the, the if you're burning wood, it's getting more oxygen than if you just um, poured sticks in a can and lit it. So it's going to get more oxygen. Therefore, it's going to going to heat your food faster. So uh, just to try to give people a visual, say, for instance, you've got a large tin can. Uh, it might size the Beans, a metal coffee can, and uh, uh, the can opener, not the type that you open the top with, but the kind that makes like the triangle in the thing. Yes. And you can puncture holes around. So uh, air gets in at the bottom. And then when you put your sticks and stuff in, uh, you can, or you can put another, a smaller can inside. And doesn't get quite it's going to be hot touch, but it keeps it from getting, getting really uh, just make sure that's sitting on something that's not going to fire like you know concrete is a put it on and then pot on top or you can so uh, uh you know what i'm saying so the flames can come out a little bit around the edge uh, but the other one is uh it's the that uses fuel, and they recommend like uh, denatured alcohol or a product called Heat, H E E T, uh, and I think you use it for like engine stuff or whatever. But uh, autos, stores. But basically, it's, it's just a kind. And uh, the, the the one that I saw and I made, and I made some. You just got to be really careful because. Working with soda cans, and you can cut them with just regular scissors because they're so thin, but the edges are really sharp. So you want to make sure you don't cut yourself. But basically, what you're doing is you're taking a soda can, you clean it out. Uh, it's empty, obviously, and you can kind of cut it uh, in half, or you can measure however you want to. And you turn it upside down, so you've got the bottom, and you can poke holes around that top edge that's, that lip that sticks up on the bottom of a soda can with like an ice pick or something, you know, just poke holes in it all the way around. And ideally you want them like um, the same distance apart. And then you also poke a hole in the very center. And um, there's different kind of ways to do it, but this, this way is that you take two soda cans. So you're basically crimping uh, one. So 
inside the other. And then you can use um, fire-resistant epoxy or whatever, some type of uh, you know glue that's not going to melt when you glue it together. But before you glue it together, you put uh, fiberglass cloth inside of it, and that keeps the alcohol from uh, swishing around, and it acts like kind of like a wick, so it burns longer. And then the little hole you put in the top, uh, you can pour your fuel in, you've got it all put together and then you light it they call it a penny stove and then you just take an old copper penny not the newer ones but the older ones and i forget what year they stopped making them completely out of copper and you once you light it and it's it's going you drop a penny over that hole in the middle and then it causes the holes you poked in it and that little booger gets hot and burns a while and obviously you want your pot uh, that you're cooking on elevated above that a little bit. So you can make something, even if you want to use coat hangers, get some pliers and bend them and make something to put your pot on just above it. It's kind of like Sterno, but it'll burn longer and it's, you know, it's cheap. It's easy to make. We need so, a YouTube, we need a YouTube channel with you doing all this stuff. Like you have <laughs> been describing because man, I'm just, Maybe you could send us a, maybe you could send us a, <clears throat> one of the videos that, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll look for a video and see if it passes muster by you. So I'm not sharing some crappy crap. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, uh, it, you know, just, if you just do a search for rocket stoves on YouTube and you'll see uh, penny stoves, you know, there, there's various kinds like the kind that burn wood and the kind that burn some type of fuel. But, um, you know, it's just, it, when you watch it, it's self-explain, you know, it's pretty easy to follow in terms. It's not hard to make. Um, you know, you don't have to be super handy or mechanical or whatever. Uh, you're just basically, you know, for one, you're just poking and putting mm -hmm. stuff together. So it's not too tough. And the supplies, like when I went and bought supplies, it was like, I don't know, it was like five bucks for the um, fiberglass cloth. And, the, you know, I already had the cans and everything else I needed. Sounds anyway, like a plan, nice. but the, you, you yeah. would have to have those supplies, though. It's not something you could just, oh, here's a soda can. Let's do it. You got to have all the things you're talking about. So right. it would be wise you, for people yeah, to you, refer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You would want to buy, if like you wanted the fuel, you would have to buy the denatured alcohol or the would burn, you know, like really high percentage, maybe isopropyl alcohol. And just remember, cook outside so you're not getting those fumes, any kind of kind fumes inside especially if but, you're using yeah. glue to glue this thing together too you right know? right you always want right. to be you know careful of any kind of toxic or noxious gases when you're right it's not not as clean as natural gas so yeah. okay so that was the, the last thing i wanted to talk about with the like the power under the uh, topic of power the next one is like a family first aid kit and um, I've got different first aid kits that I've put together. Just, uh, basically, it's a tackle box. Uh, but this tackle box has a clear top. And, uh, it, you know, that top opens underneath where you can store bigger, uh, small, you know, uh, bottles of like hydrogen peroxide, alcohol. You know, you can take these things out, and, you know, different divider sections out and, Put, you know, you can configure however you want to, but uh, there's a list of things, uh, you know, for first aid kits. But uh, if you don't, if you're not really familiar with it, 
just it's worth spending a little bit more money and getting a deluxe first aid kit as opposed to some tiny little thing. Uh, so you've got a, 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 you know, a first aid kit that will handle that you would encounter. And if you're thinking about, you know, survival, it's like, uh, let's say there's a big storm and maybe a tree branch comes through the window or the roof of your house or something like that. And there's debris or there's a lot of sand or dust being blown around and getting your eyes, you know, the, something that, you know, maybe you could get cut. So uh, one of the things that, that I highly recommend is it's a product called quick clot and it's, it's uh, clotting the blood. And uh, this is, they, they have different types. Some of them are like a gauze form mm-hmm. and you put the gauze on top of the cut and it just stops the bleeding fast. And especially if somebody's a free bleed, stuff like that is even more important. But uh, it's it's nice to have something if you know if you don't want to stitch yourself up. I mean, I've done it, but it's it's not a lot of fun. But the quick clot, you know, will stop the bleeding a lot faster than just a normal pressure bandage or something like that. It just congeals the blood and and so uh, maybe additional things that you would want to put. In your first aid kit, um, it just depends on how competent you are with first aid. I mean, obviously, if, if you've had training, uh, you could, you could, but, you know, build the first aid kit based on your skill level. And uh, it's always good to have a, a good first aid uh, manual, like a little book, because, like, if something happens, one that has the knowledge, it's going to be harder to explain to somebody so you can have a book maybe as pictures or diagrams so you can, you know, instruct somebody else on how to care for you if you can't care for yourself, et cetera, et cetera. So it's always good for reference material because concussions, I forget a lot of stuff and uh, it's good. It's good refresher to go through there. Um, let's see. What are some other things? Uh, some of the things like in the first might be, uh, they have these little ice packs that you, it's like got some kind of chemical in there that you, you, you squish the, the, the package. It feels like a, like, like it's got water in it. And when you squeeze it, it breaks some kind of ampule or something inside and the chemical reaction causes it to get really cold. So it's an ice pack. So if you don't, you know, if the power's out and all your ice is melt, et cetera, et cetera, you've got, uh, you know, some ice you can put on something to keep the inflammation down. And all that kind of stuff, and uh, obviously, the, you know, good kit will have, uh, you know, stuff allergies, cold, uh, whatever. So just think about uh, all those types of things, as well as you know, keep in mind, uh, and we'll talk about it in the next section too. But the the health needs of your so if you've got somebody that has you know health conditions. You really want to keep that in mind for building your first aid kit, like if they're diabetic, if they have heart issues, all those kind of things, to make sure that they have adequate stuff to take care of them. But don't forget stuff like eye drops, chapstick, you know, simple stuff. But I'm telling you, you know, if you've got chap lips and, you know, it's just, it's so annoying. If you don't have <laughs> that and, and it's like uh, a friend of mine who said it's like it's like 
uh, they're like Q-tips when, you know, like we're in the military and you're out, you know, you, you get hold of a Q-tip for the first time in a week or it's almost as good as that. And you never know, you know, and, and you know, it's like, uh, uh, like that, that. If it's in a tackle box, you transport it easily to your vehicle and you've got everything in one spot of a smaller thing. If you've got a smaller vehicle, you can, you know, put, so think through and like, read through some of the stuff, stuff like burn gel, um, tweezers, if you get spool, um, um, and, and you know, some people, I mean, there's different lines of thought on a snake bite kit, but I have used a snake bite number of occasions, not for snake bites, but for lots of things. Live in there, they have uh, you know, like nasty wasps, they've got like hybrid wasps, it's like. Like a red wasp and like a yellow jacket. Like we call oh, it the guinea wasp. No, thank you. I, I got stung. I got stung on the shin by one of these long. Oh, I thought. I thought I had been shot. Oh my god! It, it, it put me on the ground. Oh. I literally oh. thought I had been shot in the leg. And I used this. Like I cut the top. Oh. And there was a stinger sticking out of it. Oh, that kit and pulled the venom out, and I was fine. There was no, I didn't put anything else on it. No, you know, you know, tobacco sucking out the poison. Uses for it, um, that other than just you know, I mean, if I got bit by a snake, hey, what do you got to lose? I, mean, I would rather try to suck as I could, um, but at any rate, think about. And, Gross. Um, <laughs> but uh, just the wasp. I'm, I'm totally okay with the snake. I'm just not okay with the wasp. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't even want to see one of those over here, man. That's just too much for me today. Mm-mm. Got the uh, the murder hornets, you know that the, the, the Hillary. Oh, Clinton I saw ball, one of know? those, dude. I swear to God, I saw one of those. They came at they came at my window. Uh, those things are, they're they're not native. I don't even think those things are from Earth. I don't know who made those things. Oh, oh God! Genetic experiment Probably. of some sort, man. Uh, my, my guess would my guess would be Fauci. You yeah. know, <laughs> the Fauci. Yeah, the Fauci probably Hornet. that little rat. Oh my God, the Fauci Hornet. Ooh, that's a new meme. The Fauci Hornet coming soon to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but. but- they would be it would, would be small and insignificant, like Fauci. So, <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> this is why I love talking to you, George. Uh... Wait, I have a quick question, okay. a real question for you. Go ahead, a real ahead. question okay. for you. Some people might be listening to this, going, "I already have all these things in my house. Not all, but you know, why do I need to have a first? I'm not saying this, but why do I need to have a first aid kit?" If this is home survival and I have these things in my house, besides the fact that I might pick it up, have to pick it up and go, what would be your answer to that? Well, if, it, if you've got, uh, it depends on how big your house is. Got all those supplies, your bathroom, 
I mean, that's your, you know, like your medicine cabinet might be your first aid kit. And that if for you, that's okay. If that's what you want. But if, if you've got a, a family or at a, a larger house and you've got stuff spread out all over the place, it's nice to have everything consolidated in one spot. Uh, so like, for instance, if, uh, if you've got children and you're hurt and you say, look, uh, go get the medicine or go get the first aid kit. Uh, because they may not know the difference alcohol and hydrogen peroxide in terms of, you know, being able to read the labels, you know, if they're that young, but they can go get whatever color box sitting on the, you know, and you've got it in and then bring it to you. You see what I'm saying? So you've got everything in one spot, but that's just, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, if you like being organized, it, it, it helps. Um, if you, if you're, if you don't like being organized, Hey, you know, uh, different strokes. So do whatever works for you. But Thank you does, for answering it, it, that. But it, but it, if you have to go mobile, so you just pick it up of and course. go. Well, but, thank you uh, for that incredible amount of information. I'm looking at the, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there is every week when we do the show with George, I do publish uh, the additional information in addition to the previously uh, published information from the previous broadcast of Surviving the Storm. So this section we're going over is a family first aid kit. This is just for the audience. I know I know it's pretty obvious, but just in case you guys want to reference it, we are done with power sources. That was last week. Um, we did have some interruptions, so we did uh, publish everything that pretty much George went over and then some. And then this is the family first aid kit part. So are we done with this part, George? Or we're moving on to medications and medical supplies, which is pretty much, you know, common sense. It's your, you know, your prescription and over-the-counter medications, uh, things that you you need and need. Um, I mean, for me, with with all the issues I've got, got I've got, got other stuff on hand for pain, stomach issues, cold and flu, and allergies, what you know, whatever. In addition to the prescriptions, this is where you know it comes in. You know, but you want to include in this, like if you've got prescription glasses, contacts, and you kind of hearing aid, some other type of medical device like a nebulizer. If you've got a family member or other types of medical supplies like if you need syringes or whatever for. That supplies, things like that. So that's a short category, but you don't want to be in a, a, a survival situation and not have stuff on, on hand. So, you know, that's a very important because, I mean, that, that could be a life and death situation potentially. For something that costs so, pennies. Right. Yeah. Well, right. one probably but yeah <laughs> you know if, if if you don't if you know if, if you've got uh well comparatively corona, to your yeah 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 but if you, <laughs> if you if you've got the flu rona and you don't have nyquil you know you'd be like shit i got these names yeah so okay so the next is a multi-purpose tool and you know whatever you like I would certainly recommend getting uh, a good one. And what I mean by a good one is Leatherman is, ex in my opinion. Uh, Gerber also makes a good multi-tool. 
uh, actually Victorinox, which is the, they make, they're the makers of the Swiss Army knives, the real ones, uh, the, you know, quality steel and everything else. They make uh, some different multi-tool, depending on what you, what you need it for. Uh, you know, just a regular Swiss Army knife has a lot of little things, little tools on it. You get one with all the gadgets on it, the tweezers and the little screwdrivers and stuff like that. So that might work for you as well. But um, those come in handy. And, you know, some of the things you want um, would be like they, they come with obviously with pliers, wire cutters. I'm not sure if you would really need that in a survival situation, but a file, a knife, saw, scissors could come in handy if you don't have with like I said, the screw can opener if you like an annual can opener and uh you with the can opener if you've never done it it, it works it takes a little longer <laughs> it'll open a can uh, stuff like that but yeah those come in handy and you know if since you've got a, a window that's blown out and uh you're it's raining and windy and stuff like that and plastic or you know even if you take a shower curtain or a tarp and you know, you can cover that hole up and at least, you know, have a temporary fix. And it's one tool that can, you know, cut, you know, the, a lot of need to make small in a survival situation. And, uh, okay. yeah. And they've got different sizes, but, you know, I like the full size because it's, you know, grip and everything else. But do, whatever, whatever works for you. Number nine is sanitation and personal hygiene. And, you know, thinking about, um, you know, if, if you're in a situation and you've got no water, water in the toilet and make it flush, but you're going to be using a lot of, a lot of water. Uh, one, they, they make you know, different solutions. <laughs> it's not on the list, but I've actually seen they into the trailer. <laughs> you're you kidding just, me no no for hunters you know when you're out in the woods and stuff like that but i mean wait uh, wait know, wait they, wait back up back up back up did you just say there's a toilet seat that attaches to your trailer hitch meant to be used while driving <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, ideally you would dig a hole under it or whatever. <laughs> but uh, it's it's uh, it's actually this is actually a product. They make a toilet seat that snaps on top of a five-gallon uh, bucket. So you, I've seen those bag. Yeah, you know, you've got a trash, trash bag, bag that goes inside the bucket. Spend a lot of money on a chemical toilet. Or you can spend a few dollars on a five-gallon bucket, and however these little toilet seats cost that snap on, and you get you've got the bucket, and then when you're done, you tie up, tie up the bag and throw it away. So that's uh, that's one way you know to do it. Or you can that's just, fancy you know, go compared to uh, oh, yeah going outside like, going out <laughs> yeah going out. I'm a, a, we call it a cat hole or a slit trench in the military. That's where okay. I was going. That's where yeah. I was going. Yeah, you know. Oh so my goodness! You can go bury landmines all throughout your backyard if you have one. So, Dear but, Lord, but it's a little bit more have a little bit more privacy. You know, if it's in a five-gallon bucket, and you know, some you can use. And all well, that if you gotta stuff. go, we, you gotta go, George. 
it, it was nice because we had those folding shovels and the, the handle like a you know, wooden shovel. It's like uh, it's kind of like rounded triangular and hmm. stick it in the ground or fold it and use it as a toilet seat for one cheek. You know, <laughs> if you really oh, had to, if you didn't have it. My God. It was either, it was either that or small tree and grab hold of it and, and squat. But uh, and you do your bombing <laughs> run and then bury it. You know? <laughs> Back to the basics. <laughs> uh, you know, just stuff like that. To... You know, it's like, it's probably, you know, if you've never been in that situation, situation, you're probably not going to think about it. So. But chemical toilet well, denies. Hold but... on. Okay. Uh, real quick, if you've traveled to countries where things aren't that developed, you know what we're talking about. Go ahead. Oh, uh, that you just reminded me when uh, when we got to uh, Desert Storm, the first first trip to Iraq, we were in Saudi Arabia, and uh, the the bathrooms like we were. This is when we actually were in buildings uh, when it was 130 mm-hmm. degrees outside. Thank God we had a place to inside, but uh, the bathrooms there were no toilet seats. It was in the floor. Mm-hmm. So you had to do a bombing run and hope that you know. Oh my god! You you didn't get it on your shoes or whatever, but it was uh, just, you know, yeah, just you know, it's like there's no bombing sites or anything else like that. You just gotta you know try to figure out where it is and squat and you know hope it a lands new in the skill. Hole. Yeah, so that, it's uh, different countries. Start you know, practicing, things. everybody. Yeah, I'm just so, kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Oh my god! But uh, <clears throat> so yeah, so I never purchased a chemical toilet, but basically it's kind of like a, um, like if you if you've been in a like a an RV or a camper or an airplane, the toilet, um, you know, you've got the the chemical and but the, the chemicals, chemicals, you know, swirl around or whatever, and it goes in the. It makes it not smell. That's so that point, but. You've got to empty it out, and that's a, that's not uh, not fun. Um, yeah. So, so then you got to look at okay. Well, hopefully by now you since from the early and you've got enough toilet paper to last you. <laughs> and don't uh, hoard, can, people. Don't hoard. Yeah, right. yeah don't hoard. But if you. You know, if you're if you're going in a bucket or in a hole in the ground, I mean, you don't have to use. You can use paper towels. You can use old cloth, uh, rags, whatever. Uh, or, or you know, if you if you do have water, uh, and, and at least you can wash. You know, whatever. You know, all that kind of stuff. I don't need to go too graphic, but the thing to think about is uh, disposing of, of trash. And uh, if you've never right. done any kind of composting, um, you know, basically you're talking about biodegradable things. So if you've got waste that's biodegradable, you can uh, either you can do it in a, like a five gallon bucket or some type of container. You can go larger. Uh, I've actually got wire, uh, like wire fencing around a big in a big circle. And I put um, fallen leaves in there. As well as, um, like, exp- like you know, lettuce, bread, whatever, and all that stuff is going to just rot and basically turn into fertilizer. 
and when it when it's you know when it's all you can mix it up with a shovel or a pitch but um if you like to go fishing you can always dig in there for worms use it for fertilizer for your garden for either for flowers or whatever just you know it's just just biodegradable stuff like eggshells anything like that um will go in there and then the other stuff you can you know you can burn you just want to be careful you know, depending on where you live, it may not be safe to burn. But if you're if you've got room and it's safe, you know you can burn your trash and maybe like a fifty gallon drum or something like. That. You won't blow around as much. Or same thing, put some wire fencing up so air, but it's less likely to blow if the wind comes and start a fire somewhere else. So just just be safe with with any kind of fire. Okay, uh, the next one's pretty much self-explanatory. It's personal documents, and this is more so, I think, if you're in, like, um, uh, uh, maybe a blue state, you might have police or military coming to your door or something like that, but uh, just having the things uh, to prove that this is your house, um, and also uh, it's, it's important to have these things in one place, so if you do have to leave, you can take them with you if you think you're going to be gone for a while, but, uh, your, um, uh, let's see any kind of medical information, proof of address, like your ID and passport, birth certificate. If you've got an insurance policy, stuff like that. Uh, the next is emergency contact information. Like if, uh, if your phone doesn't work or gets busted or whatever, it's nice to have that stuff written down. That's actually something that is, uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to remember all the phone numbers that I've got stored in my phone. And if something happened to my phone, I would be screwed. So I need to write those numbers down, you know, for the people that, you know, I would need to contact at least. Uh, so I'd have them have them handy just in case. You and know, there might, ca- be a, there might be an app. I'm going to look that up, by the way, George, that allows us to do that. Just allows us to like download and print it or something. Yeah, that would be nice if you could just, you know, print your contact list from your phone. Mm-hmm. I think there's got to be, be, I guarantee you somebody's, somebody's created something to do this. And I'll, I'll look for it and post it and send it to you too. Okay. Uh, the other thing is like if you're in a situation where, locked, uh, you know, major environmental uh, damage, stuff like that, you can't get out and you're going to be stuck and you're in a neighborhood. It's nice to have cash or some means of paying for things that your neighbors might have uh you can you can all you know trade barter whatever but uh, that could be you know precious metals uh you know whatever you know uh things like that but stuff like that having on hand opposed to in pennies and hope it's enough for (laughs) for what but anyway so just stuff to keep in mind Obviously, it's sort of cold weather. Uh, the a lot of times you'll see you'll hear them talking about wool blankets, and wool blankets have been around for quite some time. But the reason they're popular is because they work when they're wet, and there might be a little in you know you don't want to lay directly on one, but they're gonna they're gonna work even if it's if it's wet or damp, and you know it's nice to have, and they're not they're not really expensive. They're just a little heavy. But you can use regular blankets, you know, comforters, or sleeping bags, stuff like that. Uh, now, they, if you've seen the like the really thin emergency blankets that look like aluminum foil, foil 
I believe that's mylar, uh, and it just retains the heat. But mm-hmm. I would recommend for like your vehicle or like a backpack, like a go bag, because in your house, I mean, if, if you've got the room, you know, get a get a good blanket or good sleeping bag and stuff like that. But um, if you're going to buy a sleeping bag, um, know what the, the, the temperatures that that sleeping bag is rated for. Need a sub-zero sleeping bag if you're in your house, but not all fart sacks are created equal. Well, that's what we call them in the military. So I um, saw that and I was laughing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know you can you can find uh, all different kinds, but they they don't. It's sometimes it's it's not always written on there what temperature it's rated for, and it might just be a, a really cheap sleeping bag, and you tend to get what you pay for. Okay, uh, some miscellaneous things we'll run through is stuff that we haven't covered, like uh, things to do, like, okay, think of it, there's no internet, no television, you know, if you've got a family, it might not be nice to have playing cards, you know, board games, books, stuff like that to read, um, you know, duct tapes, tools, any, uh, you know, you might need to repair things, whatever. Uh, we talked about uh, liquid bleach. Uh, one thing that I've, I've got is I, I, I just can't even open it yet. It's instant coffee because if you're used to you got a fancy one and you, there's no electricity, I would be in a foul mood without my coffee in the morning. So your head would always, hurt too. Yes, yes, yes. Most definitely. Okay. Uh, so just you know anything else you think of that you might need, and uh, last but not firearms and i don't know if we have time to get through but um you know it depends obviously where you live and uh if you're if you're not a, owning a firearm i'm not trying to tell you you know if, you, if you're not comfortable but um you know and or hunting uh if i mean if you're in an area where you can hunt and there, you can't get to the grocery store and you run out of food. You can always go shoot a rabbit or a squirrel or something like that. Uh, go fishing, whatever. But uh, so we're, we're thinking about like, okay, what type of if you didn't have you would you would we recommend that you look at? Uh, um, the, basically, you're talking three categories. You're talking about a same thing, a shotgun uh, or some type of rifle. The the easiest type of gun to use uh, of all is like single shot, like breakover shotgun. So you you put this little switch in the back and it breaks open and you put one shell in, you close it and boom, you pull the trigger. Uh, it's a hammer fire, you know. It's it's just really basic. It's it's you know simple to use, but you've only got the one shot. For you know, if you don't want to carry around something big and bulky, that uh, is nice. So you may be moving towards okay, well, because it's something I can carry around. They're just they're they're ten, most of them are for short ranges. Uh, and then there's a rifle, which is more of a long range weapon, uh, but once again, it's got more weight and you know. So the the what I would recommend if the money if you you know whatever 
is you pick uh, a handgun, rifle. So maybe the gun is what you use, uh, like you carry it around with you. But if you're going hunting, maybe you might take a shotgun because you can use different types of loads for different types of animals, uh, like bird shot for squirrels, rabbits, birds, obviously, and then buckshot or slug and uh, home defense. And then a rifle. But so this, you know, it's like what calibers and the, the like, you know, you can do a lot with different calibers, but it depends on, you know, you shot. So if you've never shot, but when I've trained people to shoot, we always start 22 and I'll bullet and, you know, uh, you can kill somebody with a 22, but it might take more than one round and, you know, it's not going to stop them immediately, so it's not the best. It's not going to be pretty, right? Right, right. <laughs> but but it's it's good to start with, so you you get the fundamentals down, whether or a rifle, uh, because I mean, a twenty-two rifle you can do a lot with when you're hunting and and everything else, and that gives you more standoff. Answer somebody's, you know. Anyway, um, cheaper ammo but, too. Right, it, and. Uh, 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 a caliber that, that I actually like uh, is a 22 mag. And I've actually got uh, and a rifle in 22 magnum. And actually use a 22 magnum for self defense because it's got more power, more velocity, you know, more range and damage, you know, if you're using hollow points and things like that. And, and it's, it's a good round for hunting and, you know, things like that. Killed. I don't recommend it, but you, you've got that. That want to figure out which caliber to use. One of the things I would recommend is first off, what you can buy. So uh, based on just quickly looking at what's mostly available, uh, nine millimeter. millimeter. I mean, it was it was like uh, like a few years before we could buy twenty. Couldn't get it. Yeah, I couldn't get it, but I had like uh, I don't know, thousand rounds of, of pretty much everything I need. But um, you but couldn't nine, get nine millimeter out here. You couldn't right, get it right. out There's here some, in California, well, California. But now everything's stocked now. But I, we're we're heading in for another gun shortage, though. Yeah, that's what I hear. So, yeah, look at the ammunition that's available and look at the prices, and you can figure out yeah. price per round and shop yeah. around and find yeah. out what you know. You can, you know, you can, uh, you know, it's going to do or a shotgun, but, uh, you know, for the bird shot, but, uh, you know, it's good for self and it's, it's a NATO round. So, uh, you can find it in a lot of different places. Uh, you know, if you run out more than somewhere else, uh, as opposed to like a more rare round, like, uh, I don't know, like. 32 Remington or, you know, something that you, you don't hear much much about. But uh, that's a good round. It's like, use what you got. If you've got something already and you've got ammunition for it, then just... But, um, but anyway, that's, uh, you know, in terms of rifles, if you want, um, uh, if you like an, an AR-15 style, style weapon or something like that, you know, you, that's, that's versatile. Uh, the AR platform is popular because you you can take the upper receiver off of the lower receiver 
and put a shorter barrel or a long barrel or even a different caliber like a 300 blackout on an AR-15 uh, lower and use it for that caliber. Very versatile. Uh, and they're a little bit more expensive than just a, like a small 22 rifle. So basically, pick what works for you. Uh, practice shooting it. Practice all the gun safety. Certainly recommend if you've never done it to take some type of uh, training courses, safety courses, and all that kind of stuff. And especially for handgun, because a rifle and shotgun is much easier, more stable uh, platform. You know, you've got the, the 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 stock in your shoulder. You've got two hands, and that's supporting it. It's easier to hit your what you're aiming at. Uh, there's like a, a natural to anticipate the round going off and, and <laughs> that's so, a, that's always my problem <laughs> okay yeah this is this is this is what this by uh, a guy the one of my mentors in special forces taught me how to shoot this trick my, my accuracy was like I could shoot the bullseye out of a target at 10 yards with one magazine. Wow. Talking uh, a very tight group. Okay. So uh, you what you would need is a revolver. Okay. Whatever caliber you've got, you use a revolver. It's kind of like playing. You're not the head. You're pointing the gun at the target. And they make that. Basically what you do. You. And they put the revolver. Maybe they put three or two or one round in the revolver in the chamber and close it. And they hand it to you. So you they hand it to you over your shoulder. So you take it, you point it at the target, and you cock it, and you pull the trigger and you tell you, okay, uh, keep it. You know, you get the sight picture you want, you aim it exactly where you want, and you squeeze the trigger. What, what you'll see is what person watching will help you too. It, it, they'll see like you're you're thinking, your mind is telling you there's a bullet in here and it's gonna go off. <laughs> and, and it's just yeah. a natural reaction. Right? Right. See if it down or up. Or right. Right. So what you learn with doing this drill is yourself to trick your brain into believing that the gun is empty and you're just. It. So when the gun actually fires, you've got the sights lined up and there's recoil, but only the recoil is moving, you're anticipating the shot. And that will see ex exponentially. It's Huge. like. I have Huge. done this. Everybody that I've I've taught this technique to has been able to hit. You know, uh, if the, as long as the pistol's accurate, they've been able to hit either the bullseye or really close to the bullseye for the first time. You know, yeah. I I did this with my dad before he passed away, and it was a three fifty seven Magnum, and he was like, he was cussing. He's like, I can't can't hit the broadside of the effing barn with this thing, and I said, so I did that with him, and he was started hitting. Looked at me, he was like, "Holy shit, this works!" <laughs> so you know, you know, that's so true. No, that's how I was taught. Um, I have an instructor 
who will be hopefully joining us. Um, I mentioned to, I mentioned a little bit about him to you before we got on this call when we were checking the phone lines. Um, and that's how uh, I was, I resolved my flinches. I mean, he's an amazing instructor, but it's exactly what you're talking about, except that uh, mm-hmm. he, you know, not using a revolver and you're using <clears throat> my weapon as a, my preferential weapon is a Glock. And, you know, um, he would just basically take the dummy rounds and load my magazine for me. So I don't know. And I can't anticipate what number bullet that is. Right. So mm-hmm. it's the same exact thing. And it actually, it's just amazing what it does. It's like amazing because I, you don't realize how much of this stuff is in your brain. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's, shooting. It's it's not a physical. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would tell folks is before they try that, like let's say for instance, you bought it, you buy a pistol, uh, hopefully you test it out at an indoor or outdoor range it on a bench with like a sandbag or something to rest it on. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's being supported. So when you pull, your bullets are hitting at the, whatever range you're firing at 10, I would start out at like 10 yards, uh, no further than 25, uh, you know, but and then work. So, you know, uh, where the bullets hitting based on your sight picture, because sometimes, sights at the very bottom of the, the circle of the bullseye the bullets you know going to hit in the center of the bullseye or you have to aim the top of the you know it's just like where your sight picture where's the bullet going to hit correct okay this is where i need to put the sights so uh uh-huh. the, the pistol is at, or maybe it's shooting a little bit to the right a little bit to the left whatever doing so then when you're shooting without it being supported you you'll know you know, if you're accurate or not, uh, based Correct. on your bench test. So, yep. but that's, that's pretty much it. It's just, a, you know, p- picking, uh, or weapons you think are best for you, for your circumstances, uh, that you're comfortable with, uh, a 22, and, uh, uh, they, uh, so it's, you know, if you want something that's not going to recoil a lot or make a lot of or if you if you're you know ahead of the power curve and you've got suppressors, even better. <laughs> but I was uh, just gonna say that I just you mm-hmm. read my mind. Yep. Yeah. So well, I, I mean, mean, you got to make sure those things are legal too, where you live. Right. But, you right. Know, yeah. Do it, right, do it right, legally. Right now, I don't know if. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows if, what's if, changing every day? <laughs> right. But uh, yeah. So, but you know, it's nice to uh, to have that. You know, if you don't want to disturb the neighbors or, or whatever you're doing. Right. That, I think that's pretty much it, unless you have any other questions or anything else you want to talk about. Uh, no, actually, you know, these, this is uh, the end of our home survival section. And now the uh, document that you so graciously prepared for everybody is complete. So what I will do is PDF this thing. If there's any changes you want to make to it, um, I, I believe there's nothing that needs to be changed. I will post it uh, with tonight's blog so that it can accompany this uh, podcast. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much, George. And what do we have to look forward to next week on Surviving the Storm? Well, next week we can talk about if, if uh, you have to go mobile, like uh, something's happened to your house, it's new for whatever reason. Maybe you're getting out of the way of a of a tornado or a hurricane. Oh God! You want to have 
wait to put in your vehicle and haul ass and get the heck out of Dodge. Uh, or maybe yeah. you're just on a trip and, uh, you know, thinking about, okay, if you're on a normal trip, maybe you wouldn't pack these types of things. But if we talk about it, maybe it's good. It, for me, I consider it like insurance. If you have yep. insurance, then it, there's less, it's less likely that something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just, uh, but if you're unprepared, that's a storm. It's so, waiting for you. Yes. Right. <laughs> it's it, looking Mur- for you. Murphy's law is waiting for you to not be prepared just so he can bite you in the ass. <laughs> yes, it is. But that's why we have you, George, to help us. So thank you so much for all of your wisdom and the experience that you bring is just invaluable. And the audience has been writing me uh, different people from different places, from the Telegram group to the uh blog and they're really enjoying the show and a lot of people have actually went out and started preparing their kits so thanks to you i I believe that when and if uh, and someday there's going to be an emergency for all of us that uh, people will be more prepared so thank you for all that you're doing for us no problem and hopefully by being prepared you prevent it from happening so that that's even better yeah right (laughs) That you never have to use it. That's like that's what that's what they yeah. say is you know the, your gun should only be used at the range and and that's what we all pray for. Right, the, you know, pray for pray for peace, but prepare for war. That's the thing. So. Correct. That's the attitude to have. All right. Well, if if we want to uh, take a break next week too on uh, on the actual show and talk about something else before you start that, that's fine. Or we can start go right into that. Depends on what the world is doing. Um, but um, we can look forward to mobile survival next week. Correct. All right. And well, then after that, much. we can talk like if uh, if you have to get out of the vehicle. <laughs> oh, God, that's foot. a whole separate category. If you're if you're battling the Yeti for your food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, the Yeti, the Yeti is real. I come from Santa Cruz. We have lots of uh, we have a Yeti lodge. We have <laughs> Yeti, all sorts oh, of yeah. Yeti stuff. Yeah. I- and everything <laughs> oh yeah we'll talk about surviving with the yeti hey we could have a campfire there you go. Mm-hmm. all right so next week is mobile on surviving the storm with george and uh thank you very much and if you guys have any questions go ahead and leave them for us in the telegram group or on the blog and we will uh, i'll pass them on to george we'll take a look at them and try to answer them on the next show thank you george thank you bye-bye Thank you, George. That information is truly, literally life-saving. You don't want to be caught off guard, and you don't want us to tell you we told you so. Not that we would do that. But here you have an entire three-part series, articles that relate to each podcast, and an extended and very thorough, very well-written and were very well thought out, of course, by the George Pittman PDF of a home survival checklist, recommendations, and tips on how to survive the storm. Any kind of emergency you should be ready for, uh, whether you're in California and you're prone to earthquakes, fires, tsunamis, and crazy people, uh, whether you're, you know, in the uh, central part of our country that gets hit by tornadoes quite often. I lost somebody in a tornado, and I know what it takes to be through tornadoes, and I've been through tornadoes. I've been through tsunamis. I've been through fires. I've been through a lot of hazardous things. But uh, every single time, 
the most important part of my survival was what I had with me, whether it was battery packs, whether it was matches, whether it was rain gear, or whether it was simply flares or flashlights. Uh, basic needs, folks. The, this list is so comprehensive. I believe it should be uh, in everybody's uh, go closet or wherever it is that you keep your emergency supplies. So get on it. Don't wait. It takes time, effort, and thought, including your own personal additions or subtractions from the list that George has provided because we're all different and we all have different needs. So make sure that you're paying attention to your needs and those of your family members and incorporate what you need into George's list, you know, and also do your own research. But this is a great guideline. Uh, in fact, I'm printing it and using it as part of my home survival kit. So thank you, George Pittman. Our thanks to you. You know, you keep serving humanity and, and God. And uh, we, we thank you as uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ and Almighty Father God. Uh, just an amazing human being. You're just, you, you would drop anything to help anybody. And here you are still serving your country and still serving your fellow human beings. So we thank you so much for all of your tips. And we look forward to next week when George returns on surviving the storm with mobile first aid kits and mobile survival, survival tips, because this part of the episode will focus on what if you're on the road? What if you're not at home? You know, what if you don't have all that stuff with you? Because most people don't drive around with uh, all of their, you know, three to four year extended food supply. I think that would be practically impossible. But I'm sure there's one person who's figured it out. And that's probably George. Anyway, uh, thank you for tuning in to Surviving the Storm. Uh, tomorrow will be uh, Wednesday. And generally, I've been trying to figure out the programming for Wednesdays and Fridays. I do have a special guest coming up on this Friday. However, uh, that might be delayed as well because there are interruptions and there's all sorts of things going on for people. So uh, we may or may not be having Hiro Emoto uh, on the show this Friday, but you can look forward to that uh, happening most likely by next Friday. But I did want to mention tomorrow evening is we're going to try to have a fiscal of laughs. And uh, I will be announcing the guest tomorrow night. So do tune in if there is a podcast. And hopefully there will be as I am launching off a bunch of different things at the same time. So be patient with me. And I thank you for that because I do blog daily. I do uh, try to blog daily. I have to manage an entire uh, social media outreach, including, you know, the wonderful help I have on Telegram. Thanks guys again for the group and the channel. And I'm doing this podcast coordinating guests. And I have a whole bunch of other things in my life that I have to deal with, like, uh, dealing with the, uh, currently permanently filed, thank God, bankruptcy, talking to, uh, people that are still trying to uh, collect, which they can't. And, um, I'm going to be, I'm also looking for work at the same time because I'm not going to give up on that until God makes this podcast, uh, more fruitful and happen. If that is my path, I will follow whatever he decides for me. So I'm still trying to get to a hundred members a month. There's only 37 of you who are members of the podcast uh, subscription. So thank you to all of you who are donating. Some of you are doing it once or twice. I'd love to get a few more people. Like I said, it only costs like a buck, five buck or 10 bucks. So if you are able to do that, uh, thank you so much. God bless you all. And where we go one, we go all. Thank you.